0: As a young boy, Robert Klippel was a passionate builder of model ships. His interest had been sparked at age six by a ferry ride. As a young man, he trained to work in the wool industry, but with the outbreak of World War II, joined the Navy, where his model-making skills were re-engaged to create replicas of planes for military research. Although this love of building is clearly evident in his work, His artistic ambitions really only started when, at age 24 and still in the Navy, he began to take evening classes at the East Sydney Technical College. After the war, and with his parents' blessings, Klippel went to London to study at the Slade School of Art. His time in London was incredibly formative. He became heavily influenced by surrealism, particularly its focus on working instinctively. André Breton, the High Pope of Surrealism, encouraged Klippel's work and arranged an exhibition opportunity for him in France in 1949. Around this time, he became firm friends with James Gleason, and they collaborated on works like the marvellous Madame Sophie Cesostores. By the 1950s, however... Klippel's attention had tuned into the emerging abstract expressionist movement in New York. It was around this time that Klippel started to collect found objects and join them together in a collage like manner, his first junk assemblages. Klippel had an immense vocabulary for his work. Throughout his career, he used an extraordinary range of materials, including wood stone, wooden pattern parts, typewriter machinery, industrial piping, IBM computer parts, plastic toy kits, machine parts, silver and bronze. His sculptures ranged from tiny and very playful polychrome sculptures to monumental wooden assemblages. He also created drawings, watercolours, oils, photographs, collages and furniture. His output was immense. Over his lifetime, he's estimated to have made approximately 1,300 sculptures and over 5,000 drawings. The artist's endless delight and curiosity seemed to propel a prodigious output. His friend, the painter and sculptor, Colin Lansley, said, I think he's amazing, because he remained fresh right to the end of his life, and he still has a childlike joy in making things and putting things together. His lexicon of form was similarly exhaustive. Over his career, his exploration of form was marvellously uninhibited and seemingly endless. He, like nature, kept on generating infinite variety. "'I'd like to think I've made some contribution to sculpture,' he said. But looking back, he stated, "'I feel sculpture has hardly been touched. "'I wish I had ten hands to be working at once in all these areas.' Klippel wanted to explore the relationship between forms of nature and forms of machinery. Biology and the machine seemed to hybridise together in his works, symptomatic of the intrusion of technology and preponderance of hybrid forms in the 20th century. Klippel was uninterested in the human figure. All sense of anthropomorphism was banished in his work. Even as early as 1945, Klippel had decided that Sculpture must be revolutionised without the human form. He was less interested in observable reality or visible exteriors than the inner workings of things. He studied plant forms and biology, microscopic zoology and X-ray imagery. He made thousands of drawings that looked like the working diagrams of an engineer or industrial designer or perhaps a mad scientist. He wanted to know how things worked, what made them tick, but also what made them stay up, bend, angle over or duck down like they did. There is often a wonderful sense of organic growth in his forms. Many seem to have taken on a life of their own, strange hybrid creatures, both organic and machine. Here, number 709 seems to shoot up like weird mechanical bamboo the smaller machinery at its base seeming like new sprouts. Klippel said that the artist should follow the example of nature and build in such a way that the final form will be as inevitable as any form in nature. He spoke of his objective to express the workings of nature in the broadest sense. In 1964, Robert Klippel began collecting discarded wooden patterns previously used for the sand casting of large iron machinery parts. He discovered many of these patterns with Colin Lansley in a Sydney storehouse. Robert Hughes's description of Lansley and Clipple's discovery is rich with a sense of the potential for invention inherent in the forms. There were, wrote Hughes, arbours and axles, cams and poppets, spindle guides, rings and bushings, rotors, pinions, flywheels, cogs, flanges, manifolds, levers, linkages, propellers and plugs. From the early 1980s, these patterns formed the material basis of a series of sculptures. Number 709, one of the largest works in this series, was completed as an assemblage in 1988. Klippel often titled his works with just a number, leaving the viewer to interpret the work freely. Robert Klippel had always intended this be cast in bronze and had discussed the details with Peter Morley and Robert Sinclair from Meridian Sculpture Founders in Fitzroy before his death in 2001. Its final realisation in bronze was made possible when in 2007, the late artist's son, Andrew Clippel kindly offered the NGV the right to cast it so that it could be included in the exhibition Klippel, Klippel, opus 2008. And following this, go on permanent display here at the NGV Australia. Robert Clippel's works speak of their maker's irrepressible artistic spirit, James Gleason said of him, "Clippel's art is the story of one who accepted nothing, who questioned every premise, every finding. It is the story of one who insisted on finding out for himself. Keenly aware of his drive to build and make, Clippel himself said, I've got to feel this inner excitement and real drive to do something, otherwise I just can't work. I feel I have my own vision of what I think sculpture is about, but of course... It's the carrot before the donkey. I keep feeling if I just keep going and working in all these idioms that I will arrive at something. But you never do get there. It's illusory.